Brace yourself for Steve Fisher and Byron Tidwell, Old Guys Bitching. I'm Esteban. And I'm Byrono. Is that right? It's close enough. And we are Old Guys Bitching. Now we're going Russian. <laughs> well, everything else is. So why shouldn't why shouldn't we? Okay. Well, I I, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. Did uh, did you get an answer to your trivia question that you asked? I don't even remember my trivia question. Oh, I, was... I remember your trivia question. Okay, so apparently okay, what you, was it? you got no answer. I got no answer. So we have an option. We can either give the answer here, which I think we should because uh, you have a personal connection to it, or the option is we could continue this forever. So <laughs> so here, here's All the trivia. All right, tri- go ahead and ask the question. Uh, who was the original... On-screen Batman actor. Okay. And I have the answer. Now, well, you should. You asked the question. If you didn't have the answer, we're both screwed. <laughs> no listeners do. Uh, it was Lewis Wilson. And your connection to the illustrious and Mr. Lewis Wilson? Lewis Wilson. Uh, first, I want, I want to say that Lewis Wilson played Batman in the original 1943 serial. Um, and he was a contract player for Columbia at the time. And I uh, and for those listeners who are uh, are are younger than Steve or me, which is pretty easy, if <laughs> if you uh, do not know what uh, movie serials were, they were like uh, TV shows at the movies. So you'd go but, you'd go every week, and you'd see the next fascinating episode, whether it was Batman or Junior G-Men, or Flash Gordon, or, or Fla- Superman, or Flash Yo Mama. Yeah, Green Beret. I mean, they, you know, they not not Green Beret, the Green Hornet. They they had all these. Uh, they came from radio shows and from comic books, and they were half hour episodes, and they would always end with a cliffhanger, which was like impossible. It's like you would see an entire car with eight people in it go off a cliff and tumble down and explode and then the the next week they would show everybody suddenly getting out of the car before it accelerated over the cliff you know they they, right. they, they had to back up so. <laughs> right but but back to lewis wilson so lewis wilson played the very first batman he was also the father of michael wilson who now is produces the James Bond movies. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What happened to Cubby Broccoli? Well, he died. Okay. Well, his wife his <laughs> wife uh, married Cubby Broccoli. His wife divorced <laughs> him and married Cubby Broccoli. Oh, and then so, and the settlement he got to produce the movies, is that it? <laughs> no. No. So I So um, but I met Lou when he was working as like a custodian at an acting school I went to in the San Fernando Valley called The Faculty. Um, Debbie Reynolds owned the building, and uh, uh, there were four people. It was Lou Leonard, Tom Troop, Ken... Uh, Ken Something. I always forget Ken's last name. What? It's Ken something, yes. Ken, Ken, he was a great character actor uh, and my mentor, and I can, now I can't even remember his name. Anyway, so Lou was a caretaker, and he was taking... 
uh, a scene study class with me. And I mean, not just me, there were a lot of us in the class, but that's where I met him. And we did a scene from uh, the subject was roses. And I played his son. And there was a, a point in the scene where he's supposed to get really angry at me because I'm yelling at him and calling all kinds of horrible things. And he's supposed to haul off and whack me. So we're doing the scene in class and it's going really well, except every time we got to the slap, Lou would do this little, he'd like tap my cheek. And it's like, what are you doing? It, it hit me, hit me. And, and the, the, the teacher, Michael Holmes, uh, would keep stopping us and say, no, you know, I don't believe it. You know, you're supposed to be getting angry at him. Hit him. We did the scene again and he hauled off and hit me. I went flying across the stage. He really, put, and, and then he was all apologetic about it. He said, no, it's okay. That's what you were supposed to do. But my cheek was red for like a day or two. Whoa. <laughs> so you got slapped by Batman. I got slapped by Batman, which is a lot better. What he could have done instead of slapping you is he just could have pulled you up close, looked you in the eye and said, I'm Batman. You know, kind of the Ben Affleck thing, you know. He could have done that, but he didn't. But but that slap was uh, a better... Th I also got hit by Underdog. Oh, by Arnold Stang? No, no, that Wally, no. Wally Cox. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no, it was actually back in the 70s, and I was working at the Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York for CBS, and I'm standing on the side of the street, and the underdog balloons coming by and they lost control of it and it came down and his hand just <laughs> knocked me over <laughs> I thought, man i got beaten up by underdog the balloon <laughs> oh man that is so that's wonderful really you know two wonderful stories getting beaten up by batman and underdog and uh, Batman and Underdog, two cartoon characters, can take me out in a second. Uh, the but I, I do want to say uh, I I actually have something to oh, bitch you? about. Oh, you? Me too. That came from okay. it came from a listener. Really? What what is it? It came from a listener. Do you know how? Did you, did you ever donate money to an email pitch or something, or you're donating to a candidate or to a cause, and you get a thank you note from them? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And usually, either in the thank you note or right behind it, is another request for more money. Of course. It's like, did I not give you enough? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> you said any amount is acceptable, any amount is great. But no, give us more. Oh, no, I'm not giving you more. No, I'm not giving you anything. And I'm calling the bank. And I'm having him take back the damn payment. Wow, you're serious. Whoa. Yes, I I, I think the state of uh, money grubbing in this country has gotten yeah, totally absolutely. out of hand. You know, it reminds me of a time when I went to uh, to church, a, a real foot wash in Southern Baptist church with one of my cousins. Uh, yeah, and so thing. we're we're sitting there, and you know they they come around for the offering. And I flipped my cousin out, just flipped him out. And I, I have to say I was about 14 or so and was just as, you know, warped as I am now. So after the plate went by, I leaned over to my cousin and said, how much did you get? I think I got $1.50. And my, my cousin, I, he, he stood up and said, 
My cousin just stole a dollar fifty out of the offering plate, and I, and I'm looking at him oh, like no. what? <laughs> and then I just pretended he was insane. I, I I emptied my pockets. I showed him I didn't have a dollar fifty. <laughs> and and uh, were you uh, excommunicated from the Baptist Church? I was point? never communicated. Oh, so uh, and you know I I sort of did my best because I didn't like uh, fundamentalist churches. I embarrassed my grandmother, also Southern Baptist, once in a Baptist church because her preacher, who had no education, you know, these guys just, uh, they, they speak off the top of their heads. I don't think they even actually read the book. And he's he, he's talking about this section, and I think it's Gospel of Matthew. I can't remember anymore, but where um, this uh, person that, that Jesus heals because he had divers diseases. And so he goes off on this riff about how the guy must have had the bends and come up too fast. And I just started laughing. I mean, I couldn't stop myself. And he pointed me out, and he says, You, son, what are you laughing about? And I said, Well, kind of you. And he said, Tell us what is so funny. (laughs) I said, Okay, you're reading from the King James Version. This is Elizabethan. English, and that is diverse. It's just the spelling. <laughs> it's not diverse diseases. It means he had a bunch of diseases. <laughs> and then I turned to my grandmother and said, "I'll wait in the car." <laughs> That's probably probably a good choice. I got. I mean, I am not uh, religious. I am. I am basically anti. Well, actually, my ex-wife used to say all the time, you're anti-religion. And I would say, I'm not anti-religion. I'm anti-what's-done-in-the-name-of-religion. You know, if you just read the basic tenets of all religions, they sound pretty good. It's in practice that they don't quite Yeah, like the whole Pennsylvania thing this week with the Catholic Church. Yes, Yes, with with uh, seventy years, isn't it seven seven de- seventy years? I think it was seven decades. Uh, yeah, what three hundred people right. at least three thousand maybe. Well, let, we, yeah, it was. I think they said three hundred priests, and I don't know how many hundreds and or thousands of children um, uh, over the years have been abused, and this has gone on and on and on. And um, I'm just listening to NPR coming home today, and and uh, they're interviewing some woman in Pennsylvania. And oh yeah, well oh, we're just yeah. going to pray for those priests. Hey, praying hasn't gotten you much. Oh has boy, it? you know but the problem is it's celibacy. They expect these guys, you know, their entire lives to honk their own horns. And uh, what they need to do is just let them be involved with the life partner they want to be involved with: man, woman, goat, whatever. And that, that'll definitely at least reduce the amount of abuse that goes on. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that's an excuse. I've been, I've been close, pretty close to celibate since my divorce 12 years ago, and I haven't raped any small children. No, no, you, you, you haven't, but then you're out of practice. 
What? I, I know that's, that's not, not right. That's not right, Byron. I, I, don't, so, I don't want people to, to so, get the wrong idea. I, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not that I wouldn't jump at the opportunity with a grown-up. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't see anything no, in children. No, 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 nor do I expect to you, you two, uh, but uh, goats thank maybe. You, thank you. Thank you. But my, my cats are starting <laughs> to look pretty good. So, so the, my uh, bitch no. this week, and it, it is governmental agencies. And you see, last year, last year there was this this whole campaign conducted about how uh, the uh, National Park Service was going to eliminate the uh, lifetime senior pass to national parks. So if you wanted to get the lifetime senior pass, you had to get it before September 1st of last year. So I filled out all the forms. I sent them in with my credit card number, and then it said, hey, check back with us if you haven't gotten your lifetime pass in uh, six weeks. I didn't get it, so I checked back, and I get this form letter, you know, due to every senior citizen in the country trying to get a pass. Uh, You know, we're delayed. We will inform you when your pass is ready. And I thought about it again a couple of times, but I thought, no, they, they said they, they would inform me. Um, I believe them. And, you know, it was my first mistake. But then I forgot uh, completely. I, I forgot. Never believed and the so government. that I get a letter in the mail. I'm holding this up to the microphone so everybody at home can see it. <laughs> uh, anyway, the letter says. Uh, Wait, first read what, what it says at the top. Oh, it says America the Beautiful. That was before Trump took office. Uh, yeah, apparently it's old letterhead. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it says, Last summer you ordered an America the Beautiful National Parks and Federal Recreation Land Senior Pass. Due to a massive backlog, uh, your order was delayed. We would like uh, to process your order, but first have some important information to share. Well, it turns out... See, I completely spaced on this. This April, this past April, um, my old card expired, and I got a new card. And so then when they went to process my year ago, you know, uh, order that had been turned in a year ago, I had an expired card. So they, uh, they needed a new number. Well, that's fine. I could do that. But, you know, technology... Technology is an issue. They wanted me to fax the new credit card number. And you know what? Who has fax anymore? I don't have a fax machine anymore. Mine died. I didn't see any reason to resuscitate it seven or eight years ago after it died. Uh, so I, I then had, had to look at alternate stuff. Well, there's uh, services. You know, you can scan it, and then Internet services will do it. So I uh, went to a service that was recommended to me, and I couldn't find a cost on it. So I, I called customer service and said, I just need to send one page. What's the cost? Oh, we don't do that. You have to subscribe for a month, and that's $37. It's so like, I'm not sending a fax for $37. Well, I did find a free service. So now I'm, I'm cool. I faxed it in. They're going to send me uh, my uh, lifetime pass if I live that long. And so, so, so that's okay. Now, I had a friend visit from London back, you know, when I was doing Ronnie Brixton here in uh, in Las Vegas, and my friend 
when they left, they forgot some items. And I didn't even find the items until like uh, six weeks, six, seven weeks later. I sent my friend email. They said, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, when you can, if you could send those to me. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, then, of course, I forgot. And so I get an email from my friend to Yesterday, it said, "How you know? Could you send my bits and bobs along?" It's uh, English for those of you who need to translate. And I said, "Sure." So I put them in a box, and I thought, "Well, you know, I should go online because there's probably like a customs form to fill out." And there is. So uh, it's one of those things, not where you just type in your information. Uh, it's one of those, you know, put in a line of information, click, and it takes you to a new thing. And so I get to the uh, delivery address. Well, that's easy enough. Put in uh, the the friend's name, put in the street address, um, put in the uh, city town name in this case, and uh, put in the um, uh, the county name, although it doesn't say county on the form. It says state, and there are no states in England. And then a state I, of confusion. Yeah. So so then I uh, needed to put in a country name. Well, it's not listed under England. Not listed under Great Britain. United Kingdom. It's listed under Northern Ireland and Great Britain. So I get that filled out. And then you have to put the number of the customs form that you want to file this under. So I had to Google that, find that out. And then I, cl- you know, I get to finish. And I click finish. And the form says, uh, you are missing crucial information. So I have to go back through the form, find the thing in red. And the thing in red is the town name, which is Essex. So I thought, let me try, you know, just retyping it. Maybe I misspelled it. But then it said, you know, that I had it in the wrong state. Well, now I'm confused because I'm going from what my friend sent me. So I Google this to make sure that this town is in the correct state. And I discovered that there's like a dispute as to where the town is. So the town is either in Essex or it's in London. London, by the way, is a, um, it, you know, it yeah. is a county. Well, but there is the city of London in the county of London. Of which London. is located right. in the county of London. And then, uh, so I thought, okay, well, well, maybe the post office thinks that it's in London, since there is a dispute that this little town is on the border. So I tried London. Says, nope. There was no way I could finish this form. So I thought, fine, I will go to the post office. So I go to the post office, get in line, get to the front of the line, walk up to the little window. Now, also, there's an instruction about mailing these things. And that is, it says, um, bring your package opened to the post office. I guess it's so they can be uh, assured that what you're sending is what you said you sent. And they don't want you sending volatile stuff that's going to blow up and rig. Exactly. So I so so I get there, yeah. and I said I need to get a customs form so that I can mail this package. And I was told, rather rudely, that the customs form were, forms were in a rack, uh, 
behind another line, not, not people waiting in line. It's like the line is for people picking up stuff, but it's obscured because there's people standing in front of it. Oh, when you said they're, they're in Iraq, I thought, oh, my, i got to go uh, to the yeah, Mideast right. now to get them? Yeah, you might as well have. So I go over and I get the customs form. I fill it out. And then I get to the front of the line. Now, there's a couple of things that I have left off of the customs form because I figure we will do them at the window. And that is the uh, measurements of the box and the weight of the box because I figure, you know, that will impact the uh, how much I have to pay. So I got it up there and I say to, now this is the same clerk I uh, don't have the measurements of the box, and I'll need to get a weight on the box. Well, then you'll have to go over to the scale. I said, you can't do it here? Not if you don't have it filled out. <sighs> okay, well, can like, I hold my place in line? Well, I run over to the scale and get the measurements. Okay. Like I was really, you know, ruining her day. So I ran over. I r ran over. I got everything. And then when I came back... I uh, give her the form, and she looks at it, and she types something in, and she says, I'm sorry, I'll need a correct uh, state. <laughs> I said, well, the big reason I came here is because your, uh, your website ki kicking it out. And I showed her the written address that my friend had sent. And she looks at it, and she says, oh, I, ca I can't fix that. I said, is there anybody here who can? Uh, no. And I said, well, could you get the manager out here? No, we don't have time. I looked to the next clerk over and said, uh, could you get the manager for me? The next clerk says, no, we don't have time. I said, how much time does it take to get the manager? Well, I could go back and get them, but it's probably going to be a half hour. I said, fine with me if you don't mind me standing here for half an hour. <laughs> And the, so she's like, okay, goes and gets the manager, brings them right out because now they're, they're certain that there's an insane person there. And then she makes me explain. And I explain, well, first off, there are no states. There are counties. And then for some reason, the post office does not recognize either of these counties. So what can we do? And the guy said, Oh, I don't know, man. I just know how to mail to Mexico and the Philippines. There you go. So mail it to Mexico or the Philippines. Uh, I, oh, I said, okay, is there anybody who knows how to do this? And he, he says, uh, just a minute. And he picks up a phone. He dials a number. And he says, is there anybody there who knows how to uh, mail a package to England? Okay, I'll send them over. And I thought that he was going to send me over to, like, another clerk, a clerk at, like, a, a secret hidden window or something. And he, he's sending me to another post office. <laughs> so I, I have to make a speech. See, I have to turn and speak to everybody who's waiting. And I, talk, I announce that I'm a big supporter of the American post office because there are few organizations that, are usually more efficient than the U.S. Post Office, considering the volume of mail that they handle. They probably get 98% of it delivered accurately, really very rapidly. I said, there's nothing like the Post Office. It's just this one here. And I said, a round of applause for incompetency, please. <laughs> oh. 
Well, you you know what? This is this is interesting because I was reading today uh, an article. I don't remember where the article was about how Trump's cabinet uh, secretaries have all done such a great job of dismantling. Oh yeah, when you look at the agencies the that they're in charge the EPA of, and Betsy DeVos, who can't even read, well, right? Less. And, right, and and Ben Carson, who wants to get rid of all the housing rules, so people who are having oh, trouble Ryan, getting Ryan housing Zinke, now will have Ryan's, even more trouble. Who wants to put my pass out of business now? Right, and and not only that, but he thinks there are just too many trees. That trees are our problem, and there are too many of them, and he wants to increase logging to get rid of them. And then uh, who's Mick Mulvaney has basically uh, yeah, the, totally uh, undone well, the it's agency. It's the uh, consumer, put, consumer Affairs Agency, and also the, uh, the White House uh, Budget Well, that was director. under the... Uh, uh, right, but no, there was another agency oh, he was put in charge of, and he's rolling back... All all of those rules and regulations too. Yeah, that 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 is that's the Consumer Affairs Agency, the right. one that um, Elizabeth Warren set right. up. Uh, because uh, first off, the guy obviously hates people. Yeah. He hates people. He just wants their yeah. cash. Yeah. But did you ever notice Mick Mulvaney looks exactly like? One of the Nazis in Raiders of the Lost Ark. I have. Yeah, I've pointed that out many times. I think he is the Nazi from the Raiders of I the Lost I think Ark. he is, too. I think we do have an administration of Nazis, so why not? I, I, there is no hope. There is no hope. The only hope— Not until we get these clowns out of there. We, well, we do have to get them out of there. And, um, you know, they, they were even talking about the, all the primaries this week. Yeah. And how Trump is, like, wiping out all the moderate Republicans. Any moderate Republicans are losing at, at the polls because 90-some-odd percent of Republicans think Trump is great, and they're going with him on everything. And, you know, people like Tim Pawlenty. Now, Tim Pawlenty, Republican, but basically a good guy. Yeah. A, a real Republican. Yeah. It, you know, ooh, ooh, that, that makes me shudder. It gives me yeah. chills and goosebumps when I say <laughs> real right. Republican, like I, I like him. You know? Yeah. Uh, and They don't exist anymore. You know, it, it's like, it's insane. And the people like Chris Kobach uh, winning by, what, 100 votes. Oh, jeez. But, you know, we do have hope, yeah. uh, like with yeah. the Democratic yeah. governor uh, nominee in, what, New Hampshire, Vermont? Uh, Christine, oh, yes. The, the and, transgender. Uh, and the, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The dynamic woman from the Bronx who, uh, you know. Yes, uh, Ocasio-Cortez. And, and then she went out and stumped for, uh, the, what, there's the first Muslim candidate for... Uh, a woman, a female Muslim mm -hmm. candidate somewhere in the Midwest. Was it in uh, Wisconsin or something? And then there's and Bob Goodlatte's son, her primary. Virginia. Bob Goodlatte is running for some sort of office, and his son is saying, don't elect him. I've lived with him. <laughs> you know, he, he's, a, he's a trumpeteer. They're, they're, I, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling. It, it's like the Republicans can't get their shit together to get rid of this clown. Um, and and all his minions, um, and but now there is hope because they have they've said that the people the Republicans who support Trump are thirty something percent, mm -hmm. which means the majority of Americans do not like him 
or his policies or any of the so people Steve, with our mission, and our mission, if you choose to accept it, is we have got to get every, all the other people off their butts and voting vote in November. Vote. We got less than ninety days till the midterms. Get. Make sure you're registered and get ready to vote. And okay, okay. You, you know, there's the rule of seven. Everybody has seven close friends. Well, maybe not us, but we have seven close friends. How many are you down to? Three, two, one. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I'm, that's what we're down to in time. <laughs> okay, we're out of time. So you, I want you to call those seven close friends and tell them to vote, and tell each of them to call their seven close friends and don't call you back. Okay. Ah. Uh, Okay. Trivia question for next week. Okay. Trivia question for next week. Okay, here we go. Do you have one? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I, I want to know uh, what the proper pronoun... Don't answer this question, okay? Okay. Blow it all if, if I ask the question and you answer it. Okay. Here's um, the proper pronunciation of the capital of Kentucky. Is it Louisville, Louisville, or Louisville? Okay, proper pronunciation of the capital of Kentucky. Put it on either Steve's Facebook page, my Facebook page. First person to do that gets a shout-out next week. And I'm Byron. And I'm Steve. And, and we, we are, are Old Guys Ditching. Created, written, produced, and voiced by Steve Fisher and Byron Tidwell. Audio mix and editing by Byron Tidwell. Recorded by accident at studios in Seattle and Las Vegas. Archive podcasts at iTunes Podcast and at podcast.com backslash old hyphen guys hyphen bitching. Don't write out hyphen, just use the little dash thingy. Copyright 2018, all rights reserved.